This podcast is brought to you by New Hope Baptist Church. For more information, visit the website newhope.net.au or follow us on social media. Moments come in life when we're faced with uh, exciting but challenging decisions. These can come in in the form of a career change or a new study path. Uh, They could be a new lifestyle habit that we're trying to put in place or a new belief about ourselves. And these these times in our lives present to us unique opportunities, but an interesting dilemma that we can find ourselves in. Because as exciting as the new opportunity might be, we can find fear and anxiety about moving into that new place because where we are is known, is safe, is comfortable, And where we are, we can predict what life might look like. Sometimes we can fear stepping forward into the new things because of the security and safety of even the less than ideal life that we're currently in. And this is the experience that the Israelites had uh, when they were at the end of 70 years in captivity, in exile in Babylon. They had an opportunity to walk into freedom, back to their homeland, back to Jerusalem, but there was a lot of unknown in what that journey would look like, about what might await them on the other side of that journey. And there's a temptation that some of them feel to remain in Babylon, in the city that this generation has grown up in, to remain in a less than ideal circumstance, but a circumstance nevertheless that they know, that they feel comfortable in, that they feel safe in. These are the moments of life that we experience from time to time. In Isaiah 43, God lays out the game plan that he wants the Israelites to walk when they face this moment. And the game plan that you and I are called to live in when we face these decisions in our lives. Let's read this scripture from Isaiah 43. Hi, church. Today's Bible reading comes from Isaiah chapter 43, verses 14 to 21. This is what the Lord says, your Redeemer, the Holy One of Israel. For your sake, I will send to Babylon and bring down as fugitives all the Babylonians in the ships in which they took pride. I am the Lord, your Holy One, Israel's creator, your King. This is what the Lord says. He who made a way through the sea, a path through the mighty waters, who drew out the chariots and horses, the army and reinforcements together, and they lay there, never to rise again, extinguished, snuffed out like a wick. Forget the former things. Do not dwell on the past. See, I am doing a new thing. Now it springs up. Do you not perceive it? I am making a way in the desert and streams in the wasteland. The wild animals honour me, the jackals and the owls, because I provide water in the desert and streams in the wasteland, to give drink to my people, my chosen, the people I am formed for myself, that they may proclaim my praise. God is up to a new thing. Do you perceive it? That is the question of Isaiah 43. Uh, not Not a question, is God up to something, but a statement, God is up to something new. The question is, do you perceive it? Are you looking for it? Are you aware that God is in fact doing a new thing around you? This invitation to perceive the work of God is significant because perception is about interpreting the events and the circumstances of life to make sense of where you might be heading. 
It's not dreaming up uh, what you hope to be true and making it up out of the blue. And it's also not being confined to just facts and figures alone. But perception is about looking at the realities of life around us and then with some imaginative wonder, interpreting what it is that we might hold to be true and right about us, about the circumstance and about the direction we are heading into. The question God wants the Israelites to consider in exile and you and I to consider today is do we perceive the new thing that God is doing around us? God encourages us into his game plan in Isaiah 43 and encourages the people of Israel to play out this game plan when they feel this tension about what it is that God is doing around them. The first part of the game plan that God lays out is this, that we should remember who he is. God recounts to these people the stories of their past, his provision for their ancestors. He says, remember how I parted the waters for your ancestors. When you were last in captivity, when you were last in slavery, I freed you from Egypt by parting the waters of the sea. You crossed on dry land. You walked into your freedom and I closed the waters behind you. I engulfed the Egyptian army and you walked into your freedom. Remember what I have done, God says. Remember my provision for you along the way. The first part of the game plan God calls us into is to remember who he is because of what he's done. You know, we live in, a, in an incredible time in history where we can read the scriptures and see the unfolding story of God's connection to us as humanity, what he has done and what he is continuing to do. And we see his character as we read those scriptures. But beyond that, we can actually see what God has done since the closing of the New Testament. We are invited into the ongoing journey of empires being turned upside down by the work of God's church in this world. Slaves being freed, lives being transformed in every corner of the world. We live in a moment of time where we can see for millennia the work of God before us. And therefore, we can have a confidence in his character, in his nature and in the work he is doing around us today. You know, if God was to sit here in our beautiful city of Melbourne right now and come to us and say, I want you to remember the things that I have done. What stories would he tell? What things would he point to? I believe he'd point to scripture and all of the amazing stories that we read. But I wonder if he'd point to the events in our city, maybe 120 years ago, where Hundreds, thousands of people in our city, in fact, something like one in five of the population at that time gathered in prayer meetings to pray for our city, to pray for this world. The turn of the century from the 1800s to the 1900s, one in five of our city were gathering to pray and seek God together. Thousands of people were transformed through this. The crime rate was dropping through the floor at the time. God would tell us and remind us of a story like that. God might take us to 1959 where a travelling evangelist preacher by the name of Billy Graham filled the MCG. The jewel in the crown of our city has its highest ever attendance at an event that was there to proclaim the name of Jesus and speak of his hope and his truth and his love for every human being. God would recount the stories of our past to remind us of who he is and what it is that he is doing. 
And God says to us in any moment of our lives, as we seek to perceive and recognize the new thing he is doing, remember what I have done. It will show you my character and my nature. And then God goes on to say the second part of his game plan, which is, and forget the old ways. (laughs) What are we meant to do with that contradiction? First of all, remember the old ways. And then straight away, God says, forget the old ways, be done with them. What's a poor old preacher like me meant to do? How do you resolve a contradiction like that in the scriptures? Well, there's something significant, actually, that God wants to say. Something significant when he speaks about uh, forgetting the old ways. The first part that I think God is, is stirring us and encouraging us towards is to not look back, but to keep our eyes forward to remember what it is that he has done, but to forget the past, to forget the old things, to not live in the past. It's great that the MCG was once filled with people declaring his name, but that was an old thing. That was great. God would say to us, I'm doing a new thing. I'm leading you forward. Don't live in the past. Don't long for the past. Look at the new thing I am doing and seek that out in your life and in your city and in your world right now. And don't look back with rose-coloured glasses. Don't look back at points in history and say, well, it was better then. God was at work then, but he's not at work now. Don't find yourself lamenting today and wishing for yesterday. Keep your eyes forward on the new thing that God is doing. Don't read your scriptures and say to yourself, oh, if only I could have been there in the book of Acts. If only I could have seen the signs and wonders of Jesus himself in the Gospels or his apostles through the book of Acts. You weren't born in that generation. You're born now. You're born here for this moment, for this generation, for this time to point to the works of God now, to this world. You were called to point to the new thing God is doing now. Don't look back with rose-coloured glasses. Don't live in the past, but keep your eyes fixed on the character and nature of God and the new thing that he's doing among us today. Don't look back. And secondly, don't remain captive to the errors of your past. Don't remain captive to the mistakes of your yesterday. You see, this is the challenge that the Israelites have as they sit in the city of Babylon, wondering if they should go back to Jerusalem or stay in this city that they have grown up in. Because for them, this is all that they've known. It's a less than ideal existence, yes. It's not what they long for. But to go back to Jerusalem would go back, would be going back to the places where dysfunction ruled in the lives of their ancestors, where things went wrong and they ended up in exile because of the dysfunction that was played out in that city and in that time. But God says to them, forget the old ways. Forget the mistakes of your yesterday. Forget the mistakes of your past. I am doing a new thing. In fact, not even I'm doing a new thing. I've done a new thing. I've been doing a new thing. The last 70 years have been about refining and stripping back and healing and transforming and changing. You are a new people. You are a changed people. You are not the same people that left that city 70 years ago. I have done a new thing and I'm doing a new thing in you. Don't live in fear, afraid of stepping into the possibility of what is to come. But lean in to the new thing that I have for you. And friends, we can be tempted to live like this too. 
we can be tempted to remain captive to the errors and the mistakes and the faults of our yesterday. To live confined to the captivity of all that went wrong yesterday and to fear the steps and the opportunity that lay ahead of us. It may be a bad habit, a sin or an addiction, a poor behaviour, a poor sense of self-worth, a belief that maybe you're not enough, you'll never be enough, you don't have the gifts, you messed it up, you can never come back. All of these things can hold us captive to the mistakes of our yesterday. And God is calling us to forget the things of our past that hold us back, that keep us captive to the less than ideal life that we live in. God calls us to look forward to the new things that he is doing. And Jesus himself is the ultimate invitation to a life of freedom. Through his death, And his resurrection, we are invited to live in the freedom of forgiveness, friends, to accept a new license each and every day, a clean slate, a new opportunity, not to remain bound to the captivity of the mistakes of yesterday, but to live in the possibility and the freedom that we have today and tomorrow. In Jesus, in his death, in his resurrection, you have the invitation of freedom through forgiveness. You are made new in him. You are made free in him. This is the call of God over our lives. And some of us need to today for the first time step into this, accept this. Friend, I want to encourage you. This is an open invitation. This is an opportunity right now for you to receive forgiveness. You are not bound. You are not made to be bound to the mistakes of your past. You were made to live in freedom. You were made to walk in forgiveness and to live in the new things God wants to do in you and through you. And some of us know this truth, but we've forgotten. In self-condemnation, we've allowed ourselves to remain captive to yesterday. Friend, accept the forgiveness that is on offer to you today in Jesus. But here's the thing that's mind-blowing. Jesus offers us complete freedom through the forgiveness of his death and resurrection. But he doesn't stop there. He gifts us his Holy Spirit to transform us, to guide us, to lead us from the inside out. Not so that we would forever be stuck in the same things that would need forgiveness and then we keep looping around requiring forgiveness again, but he gifts us his Spirit to bring about an inside-out transformation that might breed new life, new hope, vibrancy within us. And Isaiah 43 begins to tap into this. It finishes with a kind of confusing and and, and challenging image at the end of what we just read. It speaks about how there are streams of living water that flows through the desert, that flow through the wasteland. It talks of a, a wilderness that can't be tamed or controlled, this sense of a chaotic, uncontrollable wilderness that is brought under the authority of God, that even the, the beasts that can't be tamed would bow down under his authority. And the life-giving stream of water flowing through the desert brings new life, shoots of greenery, vibrancy in the places where, where there was no hope previously. There's discussion about what this means for the people of Israel 
in exile? What is God trying to say to them in this moment? It could be that he's reminding them again of how he provided for them in the wilderness with Moses, that through a rock he provided life-giving water and he provided manna uh, for food in the morning each day. It could be God reminding them that he will provide today. Between Babylon and Jerusalem, there's a great big desert that they have to walk through. Is it God saying to them, don't let the obstacle in front of you prevent you from taking the steps? Trust me, I will lead you through the wilderness. I will lead you through the obstacle. Maybe some of us are afraid of stepping forward today because we see the obstacles. Maybe we need to be reminded right now that God will provide a way through the obstacles if in fact that is the new thing he's calling us towards. But as I wrestled with this image and asked God, what is it that you want to say to us today, God? What is it do you have for us, your church, new hope in this moment, in this time? I felt God prompting me and saying to me, this is the work of my life-giving Holy Spirit. This is the work of the Spirit, that he moves in the barren and dry desert places of our lives, the places that feel lost that feel hopeless, that feel like nothing good could ever come out of there. The places that we have given up on, the brokenness that we thought would never leave us, the mistakes of our past, the hurts that have been done to us, the places that are dry and barren and empty where nothing good could come from them. The spirit of the living God has a habit of being like a stream of life-giving water that flows through those places that shoots of new life and greenery are seen once again, that an oasis begins to form. Friends, I believe that in some of us, there is places in our lives that today, that this week, are going to start to become alive once again. Maybe you've given up on that dream. Maybe you've let go of the passion that you once held. But the Spirit of the living God is moving in new and in fresh ways. He is like a living stream in the desert that is bringing new life, new hope, new transformation, a purpose to all that seemed deserted and broken in the days that have gone. And maybe for others of us, there are relationships or circumstances around us that feel like a wilderness, that feel chaotic and out of control, that simply cannot be tamed. The spirit of the living God is in the habit of bringing order and clarity to the wilderness places of our lives. You can't control it in your own strength. You can't bring life and order to the chaos that is outside of you. You are not able to make the wild animals bow down and tame them. And you may be tempted to give up and to lose hope that God may move. But I just want to remind you that God's Holy Spirit, He is in the business of bringing order and clarity to these places. This is the work of the Spirit in our lives. He brings life into the desert. He brings order into the wilderness. And even the most broken of circumstances can be made new and brought under his authority to be ordered and guided by him. Amen. This is good news. This is what we live in as the followers of Jesus. And so in Isaiah 43, God lays out the game plan. When you live in a moment, uncertain whether you should go forward into the unknown, into the risk, into the daring of what could be, or whether it's about staying safe with what you know. 
God gives us the game plan of what to do. First of all, remember his character and his nature because of what he's done. Stories that he's done again and again in generations gone by. He will do it again and he is doing it again. And generations to come will look back at us and say, yeah, those are the things God did in that time. He has moved and he will continue to. So look at what he has done and know his character and nature. But don't live in the past. Forget the former things. Don't live with rose-coloured glasses. Don't long for the days that have gone by. Long and look, perceive the new things that God is doing. And don't remain captive to the brokenness of your yesterday. He's doing a new thing. He's doing a fresh thing. In Jesus, you are given forgiveness and wholeness and new life and a new start. And know that the work of the Holy Spirit brings you freedom in abundance, brings transformation from the inside out, brings new life, new greenery to the places that were dead and puts back in order the chaos of the wilderness moments of our life. This is good news. God is up to a new thing. He is doing a new thing in our day. The question is, do you perceive it? Are you aligning yourself with imaginative wonder to perceive the new thing that God is doing today? Hey, friends, I want to pray with you to land. I just have a sense that this is a moment rather than to receive these words from God and move on to our next thing. We just need to pause for one minute and receive afresh from him today. So whatever is right for you to prepare yourself before him, if you want to kneel, then I encourage you to kneel. If you want to open your hands, then do that. If you want to close your eyes, if you want to just position yourself to let this prayer and these words in this moment wash over you and connect with your spirit, then you do what is right for you in this moment. Friends, let's pray together. God, I thank you that you are present here right now. Jesus, I want to thank you that you give us life and life in abundance that through your death and your resurrection, we can live with a freedom, we can live with a license to not be bound to our past, to not be captive to our brokenness of yesterday, but to live with an imaginative wonder to perceive what it is you are doing new and fresh around us today. Lord, I want to ask that for some of us, we would receive the gift of your salvation, the gift of your freedom right now. Jesus, we invite you to lead us. We invite you to free us. We choose to step into the freedom that you give us today. Lord, and your Holy Spirit is moving and active in that moment. I want to ask, Lord God, that you would just fill everyone that hears my voice right now with your presence, with your love, with the gift of your Holy Spirit in Jesus' name. Pour on us your good gifts. Bring streams of living water back into the parched and dry desert places of our lives. Bring new growth, new life and new hope to the things that we had given up on. And Father, to the wilderness places, commit your spirit to bring chaos back into water and to tame even the most out of control beasts that we face this week. God, you are so good. Throughout history, you have moved. Today, you are active and you will continue to be tomorrow. Lord, help us to dare to dream, to dare to imagine, to dare to perceive what it is you are up to. God, you are on the move. You are doing new things. And we ask that we would position and align ourselves to perceive it today. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen.